guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. All right, episode 21 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Glenn, this is right. 21 is when it starts to get good, right? The first 20 were practice, and now is when it gets good? That's right. This is really just episode one. So here we go. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm Tommy Lynch. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. And you can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. And to a special treat tonight, to complete what I like to call everybody's second favorite threesome, we have uh, the greatness of Point Break Dave. I am uh, glad to be here on, I guess, apparently episode one. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Point Break underscore Dave. I will say one uh, thing as a listener, if uh, I don't remember what episode it is, I guess we're calling it episode negative two or three when you were it was after rangers game one listening to that after the loss in game two and hearing you guys spin how positive you were that the rangers were going to come back and and turn it all around was extra humorous if you uh if you listen to it a day or two later i'm still po- i'm still positive we're going to turn it around yeah i'm never ever quitting <laughs> That's even after the three-game sweep, I'm still not quitting. But that whole vibe was very Tommy-intensive, if I remember it appropriately. It absolutely was. It's pretty awesome to see the team that swept us to get absolutely dilled by a team that probably has the equivalent pitching staff of like a uh, mid-tier like Sunbelt college team. But hey. This is why I don't bet on the baseball playoffs whatsoever because I think the Cubs advancing out of the first round is the only thing I've got right so far. I had everything everything else wrong. This is why I and I I kind of did it this year but I didn't do it to the fullest extent because I bet Giants Mets and lost both of them but I think the I think the way to bet the baseball playoffs is just always bet whoever the underdog is and take the odds. Every time. Well, that'd work this year for sure. See, my strategy is always um, to, you know, bet whoever is the biggest market. Like, I would have I bet the house on the Red Sox and uh, follow the money feeling that the MLB would never let them just get rolled. But, hey, didn't quite work out this year. Yeah, no conspiracies this year. I also just sometimes just bet on the team with the most Dominicans. That's a solid strategy. Yeah. The MLB, I think Dave is onto something, but the MLB didn't factor in the LeBron factor. Oh, he willed it. He did. He willed this to happen, and, and no, ma- no amount of follow the money or anything else is going to stand in the way of, of what LeBron wants. Bringing back one to Cleveland, man, to the land. I know. Well, they really need to win this World Series because it's been so long since they had a title of any kind. You really, 
you really feel for him. It's been all of about a, you know, maybe a hundred days or so. There's no doubt that the Cleveland's going to start getting the title town banners printed up here in a few weeks. <laughs> it's going to just do a, a full 180. <laughs> How amazing would that be? Now, so, Dave, I feel like you told me, and I, I want to paraphrase what I think you told me earlier today, but you said that you literally got no sleep last night. Is that correct? Yeah, Dave, uh, run a little bit on on empty here tonight, boys. Um, there may have been. Uh, well, let's just. I'll just go ahead and uh, jump right into this about a little before diarrhea. <laughs> not that. Not that. There it is. Uh, about uh, 3 a.m., uh, I guess this morning, I'm awoken to, and I'll try to mimic the sound as best I can, but it was basically this, like, incredibly loud. Like, I've never never heard this sound before. Um, so I jump, uh, I jump awake. And, I mean, like I said, it's very, very loud. So I jump up, and I'm kind of listening around, trying to figure out, you know, where it's coming from, what could possibly be uh, making this noise. And it's... Did you uh, did you grab the steel? I, I did not. It, it didn't sound like, you know, something was, like, trying to break into the house or someone was trying to break into the house. It just... It sounded like something was malfunctioning. Um, so it was so loud, I figured it was, you know, in in my bedroom. So my first thought was, uh, we have a, a luxurious uh, ceiling fan that hangs over my California king. And uh, <laughs> I, I just assumed... Is you that know, what you call him? <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Um... So start listening around, and um, it's not that. I can tell it's coming more from, you know, out in the house. So I start walking down the hall and, you know, racking my brain. And all I can think is, you know, the coffee maker, ice maker, something's malfunctioning and creating this awful noise. So I take a few steps down the hall and... I notice now that the sound is right there. It's directly on my left. And I turn to face a raccoon. No, but oh. I, if something is going to start emitting sound in the middle of the night, I turned and faced the thing that will freak you out the most. And I'm staring directly at our carbon monoxide detector. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. The the silent odorless killer. Exactly. So now I've never had the carbon monoxide detector actually go off. But from, you know, the where you test it, you know, you press the little button, I know the sound it makes is this constant like high-pitched shrill beep and that's not the sound it's making the only other sound it makes is it does that same beep sound intermittently every minute when the battery 
on it is low as a warning to tell you you need to change the battery, which I have heard before. So it's not making either of the sounds it should. So something's obviously haywire, but the fact that it... Now, is it possible there was a raccoon inside the carbon monoxide detector? <laughs> there was maybe communicating with you from the dead. <laughs> that is, uh... You can't rule anything out. So... Okay. As long as you're willing to admit that, then proceed. All right. Sounds like a typical night of lovemaking at Dave's <laughs> house. Just don't rule anything out. Everything's on the table. So, I, uh, you know, I take it off the wall, go into uh, to the kitchen to get a look at it. Um, like I said, it's not making either of the sounds it should, but the fact that it's doing anything leads me to believe it was attempting to make one of the sounds, either the you're about to die or you need to replace the battery. Uh, now, is this connected to your home alarm? No, it's not. It's just a standalone battery. It's a standalone, okay. So pull the, you know, pull the back off, take the batteries out, and obviously it quits making the noise when the batteries come out. So I let it sit there for a second, um, you know, thinking it'll reset or get the fault or whatever's going on. Put the batteries back in. As soon as I put them back in, it goes back to the the t t t t noise. So I'm like, all right, let's try to try to put in new batteries. So I take. I feel like this is a big problem because you can't even really Google what's wrong because you could never figure out how to spell. T -t 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 -t. <laughs> that was the issue. So you're kind of up a creek here. You're you're flying blind. Here. Well, uh, so I take a I take it out, take the batteries out. Of course, you know, middle of the night, you're in a you need you need batteries. You never have any. Like you know, the box is empty in the drawer. So. And rent a center's closed. Rent a center's closed. So you can't rent any. Yeah, this, this is not, is good. not good. So, going to uh, you know, get a one of the toys of my little kids, and then of course you know it's one that you got to get a screwdriver to open up the batteries. So get all that, and while I'm, and so now I'm you know I'm unscrewing to get the batteries out, and because it's 3 a.m. like I'm tired, like I'm trying to keep my eyes open. And in the back of my mind, it's like, am I tired or am I actually dying right now because there's carbon monoxide filling my home and I have no way to know it. Like you said, you know, it's odorless. There's no way to detect it except this small box that's supposed to save me that is making noise. But I just... Can you can you imagine this could be like the night of season two and, and you're just found slumped over a whole bunch of children's toys with a screwdriver in your hand? Everyone else is deceased. Yeah, and, and John Stone's going to have to figure out how to... Well, actually, I guess Detective Box would have to figure out how to piece that together. Oh, man. But seems, like, it seems like, uh, seems like an awful short season of the show. <laughs> So episode one and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> detective Detective Box walks in the house and is overcome by the smell of sulfur from natural gas and then the credits roll and that's the end of it. Oh man. So at this point are we calling nine one one? Well at this point, yeah, like I mean I'm really not not sure and that's you know, that's the freakiest thing is you you have no idea what's what's happening. And I don't yeah, even you know. Can't, I was going to say, you can't just 
you know, say, well, you know, I'll just risk it. We'll just flip a coin and uh, maybe it's carbon monoxide and we all never wake up or maybe we're just fine. You probably can't take that risk. Exactly. Well, well, yeah, because you didn't even have a family meeting before uh, you guys went to bed. So bring it's it, not a good time for that. Bring it all it's the good. way back to the shield. I like it. That's good. It's a good 2008 reference. Thank you. Um, so put the, put the new batteries in and this, like I'm, I was already freaked out. Cause like I said, I was tired and couldn't decide if I was just tired or getting poisoned. So I put the new batteries in and it starts cycling through, you know, as three different lights, they're all flashing in a, in a sequence. And then the displays like counting up from triple one to triple two, all the way to triple nine and then back down and I'm sitting there looking at it, and it's this, you know, reboot or whatever it's doing is going on forever, like minutes. So at this point, time is life. Oh, right? exactly. So I fl- <laughs> I flip the, the thing over again because it's got like a little mini user's manual on the back. And it says, you know, when, you know, the system's turning on, it'll do this. And it says... If it continues in this reboot phase and doesn't actually ever go to its, you know, stable state, the problem is you need to get it to fresh air. Yeah, I see. That's what I was going to ask you. If it's like one of those, you know, scales where you have to zero it before you start, but you're like starting your carbon monoxide detector at like lethal levels. Exactly. So it thinks that's zero. So now I'm, I mean, I'm beyond panicked. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just looking at this thing, and, you know, <laughs> there's no, like, you know, there's no way to tell. And I don't even know what in my house, short of parking a car in the living room and leaving it running. Like, I don't even know what to check, like, what might be admitting carbon monoxide. So, I just sat there and stared at it, assuming that the sweet touch of death was coming at any moment. And then it finally zeroed out and was stable. And I, you know, looked at it for a while. It wasn't making the noise anymore because I am assuming that noise was for batteries and it was just faulted somehow. But then you, and this is what killed the rest of my night, like you can't possibly sleep after that. After thinking that you're like minutes away from death? Yeah, if you, you're laying there and you know if you close your eyes, you will never open them again. (laughs) Just promise me this. If this ever happens again, just open the fridge and play the knife game before you go to sleep for good. Just, just make it more interesting for us. Just to uh, add some intrigue just, into just, what happened. Just please, yeah. You know, that actually reminds me. So this, man, this goes way back to college, but I had never, never been in a house that had, um, that had natural gas service. Like where I grew up was everything was electric. And went to college, well. moved into this just rundown house and we didn't have a carbon monoxide detector and it got really cold and we me and the other guys living there we decided well we've got to turn on the gas heat um this is a true story i mean i promise you i'm not exaggerating this so we we had this debate well we'll turn it on and and somebody will go tomorrow and get a carbon monoxide uh detector but we're 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 gonna go with it because we're freezing so i um i turned the gas on i mean this was a big ordeal because nobody had ever lit a pilot light before 
and we don't know we had to go get our like old man neighbor to come over and do it for us because we had no idea what we were doing and of course you know in an old house that the heat hasn't been on in six months you know it smells terrible when you first turn it on just everything smells like it's burning it smells awful well I was going out that night, so we we lit the thing, and it's like you know seven or eight o'clock at night. It's dark outside. Is it? We light is the it thing. safe to say it's lit right? <laughs> it's safe to say it was lit. Yeah. So I light the thing, and I actually, I mean, our neighbor helps us, but I I get it. I put the panel back on the uh, the heater, and I leave. I I actually had a date, and I left. And there's three other guys staying in the house. And I just had this weird feeling the whole night. I just, something just felt wrong. Like I was thinking like, man, I hope there's not a gas leak there. Like this house is just run down. I promise this, promise this is a true story. So I, I come back from my date and it's, I don't know, it's late. It's after midnight and I walk in the house and everything's dark. Everything's dark. And I'm in it, which is weird. Cause I'm thinking, well, they would have gone like, people didn't go to bed that early. Like the, somebody should be awake. There should be a light on. There's no lights on. I walk in the living room and they're all three in there in the dark sitting on the couch and they're all three asleep on the couch, like heads back asleep on the couch. I promise this is true. And I thought they were dead. I walked in there and I said, oh my God, they've, they've been, they were sitting here watching a movie and they died. And I went in there and started shaking the first guy I came to and, and they, he flips out. And, what are you doing? And uh, yeah, turned out it was, <laughs> it was a false alarm. But yeah, I mean, how insane is that, right? You you turn it on and then the, the three of them fall asleep sitting up on the couch all together. I think yeah, that's that the would... biggest part of, of either one of these stories is three guys falling asleep on a, on a couch together. Yeah. Well, there's oh. two couches, but still falling asleep in the same room with all the lights off. Yeah. No signs of a family the meeting. TV's anywhere. not on or anything. So the decision was made just to No, the TV, TV, the DVD player had gone to sleep. Yeah. It was wow. insane. That's freaky, well, man. I have a breaking sports news. Uh, the the Los Angeles Sparks just beat the beat the Lynx in the deciding game of the WNBA Finals. So so there's they that. Uh, they won by one. So I it was the point spread one half of a point. There's no doubt. There's going to be a bookie looking. I, I for think Dave. the over under was at one and a half. Yeah, the score was five to four. <laughs> The so joke there, there is they're not good at basketball. I get it. I get it. There's your sports update. So I had a, uh, since we're telling stories, I have a couple. I had a bit of a uh, bear trap this past weekend, which is always fun. So I right. uh, went out to dinner on Saturday with some of our, uh, a group that included some of our fellow uh, podcasters and we were sitting outside at uh, what's the place called? Is it Hutchins Barbecue? Is that what it is in McKinney? Yeah. Oh, great yeah. Place. I've been there. Yeah. So yeah, pretty awesome. Very good. Very. So we're good sitting place. outside. We'd been there a couple hours or so, and pretty large group of us. I think it was like seven or eight of us. So there was no room inside. So we're outside, and we're clearly the loudest group that's there, and we've already offended several women and children already but i decided just to pile on to the whole thing but um and i'll preface this with alcohol was literally zero percent of a factor this is just there was no there was no banquets no, being had no that day. and there was no swimming down knob creek or or anything like that so but one of the members of the party was telling a story and i won't reveal the names of the 
of the the innocent here. But they were telling a story where they basically had a let's just say a slip and fall, and perhaps it was a slip and fall off of a building, and they they fell and basically they fell in a way that they should have been injured much more severely than they actually were. And so I'm listening like a tall um, let's just say like a balcony. And so I'm listening to the story and I'm just formulating wow, what would be funny to say around here? And I go ahead and just blurt out, you know, in kind of a I didn't, not something I yelled out, but maybe in a little too loud of a, a voice of, man, it sure is great you didn't, you know, get injured the the way you should have, the way you landed. It'd be really awkward meeting up tonight if you were all Christopher Reeved out and stuff. And everybody at the table suddenly, their eyes get real wide and a couple people kind of reach over to me and they're like, you know, doing the like cut it out type of thing. Because as we look over to their right, there's a man oh, no. about five feet to no. my right who is uh, permanently no. in a wheelchair. No. So, no. Wow. no, 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 no. Thoughts and prayers out to that guy, and uh, wow. and also out to Chris, Christopher Reeve. I hopefully, hopefully he's doing okay. So I have a I have another story that had. Did you did you interact with that guy afterwards? Did you just tell him like, hey man? I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm young and I'm doing well and <laughs> patted him on the leg. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to walk's awesome, so just wanted to let you know I'm doing doing pretty well over here. So I have another uh, quick quick story. Uh, Dave, did you have another question? I was just gonna I, say, I filled one more question. <laughs> you should have just rolled with it and just like, yeah, you could have ended up like that guy and pointed and just. <laughs> Put the pedal to the floor. At that point, there's really not much downside. So we're having fun there. And then this is just a weird occurrence that doesn't make sense to any logic in the universe. But um, So tonight I'll – there's no way you're going to know who this guy is. But have you ever ever heard of a guy named Lance Hughes before? Just say no and we can move on. No. So I, I know we have, we have one no. listener who will recognize the name, but Lance Hughes was a guy who played college basketball for Texas Tech in the mid '90s, and we we literally have one listener. You realize yeah. that, right? Um, so there's a lot of pressure on this one listener to know this. <laughs> so, and what this guy was known for was one, he could jump out the building, but he also had like an abnormally large head, like his forehead was just huge. So you can Google image him and see that later. And for some reason, for whatever reason, I was thinking about this, and it reminded me of the very first time that I called into the ticket to the Dunham and Miller show. So this would have been sometime in 94. I was like 16, and that was when they actually did almost nothing but field phone calls. So I call in, and I've got you know some question, and then my whole just dumb question to ask them was, if they knew exactly how large Lance Hughes' head was. And that was it. And that, you know, that went over okay, you know, whatever. That's not the point of the story. But it's just extremely random that I would just think of this story in general while I'm, like, loading my dishwasher uh, after dinner tonight. So then I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear a text, the text notification on my phone, and I look at it, and it's a buddy of mine that I went to high school with who I keep in contact with, but I've literally 
not spoken or communicated with him in six months. And I'm like, ah. So this is the guy that killed his no, family? No, this is not the guy who killed his family. Um, so anyway, I look at his text message, and his text message says, Hey, man, I was just at my kid's football practice, and I was talking to his coach, and we were talking about how big Lance, he- Lance Hughes' head was. And that was it. <laughs> and you were thinking about it before you yes, texted like literally moments. I, I mean, this happened like almost instantaneously. And I just like put the phone down and just slowly backed away. Wow. And checked my, I checked my carbon monoxide detectors. Because <laughs> there has to be some explanation to this. Like how is that? That's just a coincidence? I, I don't know. I don't know, but I did just a Google image search and it is it is pretty incredible this forehead. This guy had a huge noggin. Like I may be thinking about it constantly for like the next year or so just now that I've seen it. Alright, well I'm gonna keep texting you so we can get one of these <laughs> one of these coincidences again. <laughs> but yeah, I was just completely blown just away. Pay it, pay it I'm not sure I'm I'm over it yet. I'm still really weirded out yeah i'm i'm feeling like i'm pretty much insane after hearing that story so stay hard lance hughes i I think he's alive but it doesn't really matter so i guess now on to the uh real agenda of the day i believe this was going to be our uh first venture into political talk of any kind that's right it's time to make America great again. So do you want to start? I don't know if you guys watched any of the debate last night. I I did not. I I I watched a little bit of it. I want to start with just a uh Can I just autograph the screen real fast? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Mind? I'm going to put the mic down and just listen just for the, the next 5 minutes. Yeah. I've got an open letter I just want to start with. I just want to say right off the top, I understand that nothing I say will change or convince anybody's mind. So I just want to have a good talk about politics, but this is in no way, there's no ulterior motive here. I understand that nobody's going to read something on Facebook, Twitter, or here on our podcast and in any way change one iota of what they think. So that's my opening position statement. And I'm okay with that. Can I commend you on that, that opening statement? Because I wish everyone else shared the same uh, viewpoint it's gotten so ridiculous, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty much done with Facebook until weeks after the election. I can't take it anymore. I, I'm still going to vote, but otherwise I just don't really care. All right, so I'm still voting, but I am leaving the top line blank. I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. I I can't argue against that. That's a bold, that's a bold move. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess it's my obligation to vote for somebody, but it's just no well, uh, a, no good options. There's a lot of people you can vote for that maybe just start running for the top office in the land. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't, I mean, I watched, well, let's say I watched it. So you, you were, I was able to stream it on Twitter. and wow. uh, Dave, Yeah, and then Dave will enjoy this. Uh, my presidential debate experience was streaming the debate on twitter and then watching some uh champions league soccer action on my well on my dvr 
as I listened to the debate. I, I just can't. Like, I tried. I flipped over there several times. And, like, I just can't hang with it more than just a few minutes because it just makes me so tense. It, I just, it's just, like, difficult well, it, for me to watch. It just frustrates you that, I mean, realistically, there's no chance that one of those two people does not win the presidency. And there has to be hundreds of people that would garner more support and are more qualified for the office than than those two people and you know we just don't have the opportunity to vote for someone else was there anything that stood out uh yesterday to you glenn other than bad hombres well i had that written down was that there's a lot of bad hombres out there um, there was the comment by, see, Hillary's got her deal and she's got her history and all that. And then when she looks in the camera and smiles, it looks like some kind of horror movie character <laughs> I just want to run away from. But outside of that, I mean, she knows how to play the game. She knows how to debate. She's obviously extremely intelligent, whether you think she's a crook or not, you know, whatever. So there's not a whole lot else you can just pull, you know, from her, but... But Trump, there was the bad hombres thing. There was also the comment that he made. Well, the one thing is nobody has more respect for women than him. But also the comment <laughs> he made about the inner cities. And basically just because everything is so terrible and it's so bad. Or it's so amazing and so tremendous. There is no middle ground. But apparently the inner cities are so bad that the comment, I believe, was you can't even, like, walk from your house to the store without getting shot. Like, that was <laughs> literally the way shot. that he presented it. He's like, the inner cities are so bad, and they're so in such poor shape, and nobody's protecting that, you know, whatever, that you can't even walk to the store without getting shot. Which, if that's where you live and you're watching this, that even though his his attempt is, or his... his you know, mission or message he's trying to get across is I'm going to fix that, you know, get me in charge and I'll fix it. But if you live in that area and you hear that, how could you not be offended? Because that's your neighborhood and that's what you're being accused of. You live in this place that's basically <laughs> something out of like Escape from New York or something like that. Or, or or The Wire if you'd only watched it. They live in Hamsterdam, but hey, you know. Well, again, maybe, maybe someday. Glenn's, Glenn's inability to watch a 15-year-old show is going to come back to haunt the podcast, but but no, I think Trump's Trump's clued, well, he's clued into something, which is that the 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 far right th thrives on fear, and it's... He preys on fear and anger and the disenfranchisement of the white male who's over 50 years old. Yeah. That's, that's who's backing him. I mean, obviously... Across the whole spectrum, you can find individual examples, but for the most part, that is who is supporting him. Yeah, you. What you ought to do is it's hilarious. It's a good. It's a good social experiment. But but uh, flip over to six sixty a.m., which is just like the hardcore right wing radio station. Wait for a commercial break, and then every single commercial is either the stock market's about to crash, buy gold. Social security's about to crash, buy my annuities. Literally, the 
every gun dealer in town has a commercial there or some kind of, you know, doomsday scenario, freeze-dried fruit, food, water storage tanks, those kinds. Of, I'm not joking. It's like so funny. That's the only advertisers they get on those stations. Is that just a um, natural progression of things? I get I guess I just <laughs> It ticks me off because, and, and I mean, this kind of gets into more of the meat of what I wanted to talk about, but yeah, it's like we've gotten into the, the a place in the world where you can only be viewed two different ways, right? So you're either on the far right and you think that, you know, somebody's about to launch a nuke against the U.S. and the whole government's going to collapse and you know, you all that and you're, you know, stockpiling arms and munitions in your bedroom, getting ready for the Armageddon showdown, you know, or, you know, on the other, you know, on the other side, then it's like, you know, you're, you know, chaining, chaining yourself to a tree and, and, you know, refusing to recycle and everything you've got and won't, you know, driving hybrid car. And it's like, there's no, there's nowhere in the middle where you can be like, yeah, I love NASCAR, but you know, maybe, Hey, we gotta <laughs> we gotta tap the brakes on a few other things. You know, it's, there's just there's no middle ground anymore, and that, I think that really ticks me off. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of the people that are that represent the middle ground are probably those that are the least vocal. I mean, they're out there. I mean, that's probably what we are. Right. I mean, I think both sides of those that equation is going to dislike me because I'm very middle groundish and looking at hearing both sides and saying, okay, well, I'm going to exclude about 80% of what you're saying is just ridiculous and unrealistic, but you know what, the, the rest of it, both of you kind of make some decent points, right, so but you're not maybe allowed, we can kind of put that together. You're not allowed to have that opinion yeah. anymore. I mean, like, I can't tell you right now that I'm like, hey, you know what, if you want to have a handgun at your house and you show the right ID and you don't have a criminal record and you pass the background check, I think that's fine. But I also don't think you need to, you know, strap a machine gun on your shoulder and, you know, open carry, you know, something on both hips when you're going out in public. And, and it's like you can't even have that opinion. Right. It's either it's either you can't can't even have a toy gun in your house or you want to you know, be able to have a grenade launcher strapped to the top of your car when you're driving down Preston Road. <clears throat> the problem is. I think. And I think uh, I think Glenn kind of touched on this is the people that make the most noise are either extreme. And that's why it seems that way. And I don't know. And this is uh, if I can take my moment to sign the screen here. Here's my take on just overarching politics in general is there's so many issues and that there's essentially no way there's ever going to be certainly not a, a unanimous dis- like decision one way or the other or even close to close to it like like you know we you just mentioned guns or you know legality of certain drugs or you know whatever education marriage like there's always going to be enough of a split where you know it's 60 40 or 30 70 whatever it is there's going to be a fair number of people that are upset with the way the you know policies or whatever are going and that's why my 
overarching political view is we need to, at a federal level, do as little as possible as far as things like that. Like, you know, they can do military and trade and some other things that have to be done for the whole country. But other than that, leave it all up to the states. And if, you know, California and Colorado want to legalize every drug and everything else they want to do, fine. If Alaska wants to drill for oil, fine. Let them do it. If Texas wants, you know, very lax gun laws, fine. Like, let's just... And then you can move to whatever state that you want to vote for and whatever they're doing is what you think should be done on these, you know, social and state level issues. Then you go there. We can all telecommute. You can keep your job. Let's just, instead of having the country divided, but all having to live under the same rules and being annoyed if they're not the ones you want, just live in the state that fits the ones you want. So let's just, we'll just literally divide the country into like 50 different factions it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like dividing the country it would just be like certain social issues are just handled differently it's like in nevada you can gamble in other states you can't it doesn't really divide the country it just is the way it is yeah so obviously i'm being hyperbolic there i mean i get your uh i get your point and we get so divided on just certain wedge issues as well that we don't we never get to the stuff that actually affects people on a day-to-day basis because not that it's uh completely an issue we should just completely disregard <clears throat> but in a debate or discussion or whatever we're going to spend 90 percent of our time on late-term abortions and whether that should be legal or not as if that occurs like every other pregnancy or something like that I completely agree with that too. I think I think we do such a we get so outraged about things that literally never ever happen. Yeah, I mean they they happen, but you're talking I'm, you know, I'm just throwing out random numbers, but we're talking a ratio of 50,000, 1 out of 50,000, 1 out of 100,000 or you know, even less than that. Well, yeah, but I mean and think about think about too like how many times a day do people go to the bathroom and then how many times a day is there a person that's like, man, I really want to use the women's bathroom. You know, that, that I just don't feel like that really happens that much, but we got so outraged as a country over that issue that, you know, people were, were boycotting stores and picking sides and threatening to leave this, the union. And I'm like, I just don't think that happens that much. No. And there's two sides, two ways to look at that. I mean, you can look at it with, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, so, you know, what's the big deal? Just let it go, let everybody do whatever they want to. Or you can look at it from the standpoint of, uh, if we're talking about some, you know, behavior or whatever you want to, however you want to term it, that's 1% of the population, do we really need to be 99% of everybody else needs to be bending over backwards for this 1%? I mean, you can look at it from, from both standpoints. That's more where I'm at. And I mean, it's the same thing, too. Like, I, I think I sent you guys a text earlier this week with that sign at Whole Foods about, like, hey, you know, let's not use his or her because there there could be a gender-fluid person that's really offended by that. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, there's not that many gender-fluid people. And then even if you carve out that subset, 
there's probably only a handful of them that are actually going to be offended by that. Yeah. Like, there's no neat reason for a sign. Like, it, what you do is that one person, if you say it wrong, you have a conversation with them and you go, hey, man, I'm, or I guess you don't say man. Hey, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. You know, let me, what would you like me to call you? And you handle it that way, like a human interaction. You don't, you don't make a blanket rule that's going to make 99.5 of your other interactions odd. You just handle the one thing <laughs> right. when it comes up. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing with the freaking bathrooms, you know, like, I just don't think that happens that often. And if there's a, if there's an instance, I think you just deal with it then. You don't, you don't make these bizarre rules that gets everybody riled up. And it's really, what's the point? It just makes everybody divide, divided and riled up over something. Maybe that's the gambler in me coming out, but you know, you gamble, you play the math. <laughs> Yeah, reaction reaction to that, like the bathroom thing, you know, on one side was certainly the fear mongering that if we say, okay, anybody can go into any bathroom, then, well, you know what's going to happen then? Every child that goes into the bathroom by themselves is going to get assaulted by someone exactly. who sneaks in there. Exactly. As, as if, as if, I mean, it's just very awkward to talk about. Yeah, but tread lightly here, but I know what you're going to say, but tread lightly. Could, but that could be common right now, as if it's a real challenge <laughs> just to go in the opposite bathroom. Right. There aren't guards there. You think a, you think some guy ever walked into Target and was like, oh, well, it says men only, so guess I'm out of luck. <laughs> and again, like you asked several episodes ago, who goes to the bathroom at Target? That's really the question we need to be answering here. I think that's a bigger that's a bigger issue. Well, but but, but Glenn, can... Dave, bear with me for a, bear with me for a second. But but because I really do think Dave's odd to something uh, about his about his states rights things. But just say that the the government just decides to mandate that all all bathrooms have to be, uh, you know, whatever optional gender optional who's going to be the guy that's going to walk into devil's bowl speedway and tell them to change the trough situation around <laughs> well it'd be a, we know that's that's just <laughs> that's just not going to happen i mean you want to talk about 99 percent to one percent i mean you're talking like 99.9 percent there that's just that's just never <laughs> it's a funny visual a funny idea but that's never gonna happen so you don't think the like and, male to female transition guy that wants to use the women's bathroom but also wants to enjoy the convenience of the trough at devil's bowl that doesn't happen very often no i think the the idea that there's a lot of uh folks that are you know transgender and also really enjoy ascs sprint cars that's it's a very unlikely I think combination. This hits home uh, close for uh, Glenn because if uh, you know male and female could go in that bathroom, then that just doubles the opportunity of someone walking in and seeing him using the trough in the most unconventional of ways. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not eight years old. Just perpetually, I don't, I don't do that. Oh, you know, I, I missed that. I, I was gonna say, no. there's, there's probably a lot of times that males and females are in the same bathroom at Devil's Bowl, but there's things going on in there that don't involve using the bathroom probably very often, <laughs> unless that's being incorporated. 
they're they're in the process of creating unwanting things, not getting rid of unwanting things, <laughs> unwanted things. Wow, that's very well said. Oh, but I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to guns if it's cool with you guys because I I know uh, Dave and I have talked about this extensively, but so do you? Uh, I was gonna say, so do you guys? Uh, either one of you guys own a gun? I I do. Do you, uh, Glenn? Tommy? I do not. And don't come to my house because I'll still kill you with my bare hands, but I do not have a gun. I do not currently own a gun, but I am in the process of looking mm. to obtain one. All right. Well, as okay. um, as the only one of the three of us, uh, unless someone wants to start, I'll, I'll start with the uh, gun discussion talk. Please do, and 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 for the record, you you aren't just a gun owner; you are a guns owner. Is that correct? I, I do. I mm. uh, I bought. Um, I mean, they're you know pretty simple, just handguns, nothing exotic, if you will. Um, but I bought one probably six or seven years ago. I bought my first one, and then uh, I think last year. I got another one as a uh, as a Christmas gift. Um but let me uh I'll go ahead and start with my stance both of my most almost the entirety of my time of having them um occasionally uh I will if we're going on a road trip or something I will move one to a car, but they remain locked in a safe in my uh, in my nightstand by my bed. It's um, very very safety conscious, so it's a, a biometric safe where you just put your fingerprint on there to open it. And m- myself and my wife can open it. Obviously, the the kids have no way to way to get to them. You're gonna wait till they turn like eight, and then you're gonna be like, "Okay." Well, by eight, let me get those fingerprints. Well, by eight, they'll each, they'll each have their own. And you're gonna, yeah, they'll have the they'll have the safe that's shaped like an <laughs> AR-15 that they just put their retinas on, and it just pops out of their it fully has, like, loaded flashbang grenades and all kinds of stuff in there. There's no doubt. So I, uh, I don't own a gun. I'm just not a gun person as far as owning it. Now, I will tell you that whether it's at the gun range or if you're out like in the country just shooting at cans or you know birds in the trees or whatever guns are fun um guns guns are fun and that's why i think a lot of people have them so i mean obviously you have to there's a safety aspect and all that kind of stuff but like my dad has a ton of stuff and he's got a huge gun safe and he you know Nobody can get in. I mean, my mom can get in there too, but at the same time, like you said, the the kids can't get in there. It's not a, that's not a threat. But um, you know, when the kids are not around, like I've shot, he has an AR that I've shot. He has some other stuff that I've shot, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's just not for me, you know. It's like go there and kind of play around with it, but. I just don't want that in my house. But that's just my personal preference. I don't have a problem with other people having guns, especially if they're responsible. But just going back to the example that was pointed out earlier, 
I just don't want when I'm in line to get my, you know, chicken burrito at Chipotle. I don't want the guy in front of me to have something like strapped to his back that could take out like a whole troop of soldiers. I'm or something. glad you brought that up because I completely agree with that. Like the and I honestly I don't think I'm in the minority of gun owners here. I think it's the vocal minority that just makes a lot of noise and they're the ones that are you know pushing for open carry and all that i think most gun owners are probably like me and i i think open carry is the dumbest thing that we could have ever done um just because of that same reason it makes it makes people uncomfortable somehow having you know if you're you know carrying it for protection or whatever reason that you would carry a gun, having it displayed and having it hidden shouldn't make a difference for you. So all that having it displayed is going to do is make other people uncomfortable and potentially escalate situations that wouldn't have been escalated otherwise. So I completely agree with you. I just feel like half the people that are doing that, I haven't actually... I've never run into anybody open carrying yet. I don't know if you guys have. I haven't. Uh, not uh, not here that I can recall, but last year we were in Oklahoma City and we, we took the kids to like a Bass Pro Shop or something just to you know walk them around and show them stuff there. And there was a couple there that were both open carrying in there just walking around. And it wasn't like I was fearful or I went and grabbed my kids and said let's get out of here or anything like that but like as they passed by I just kind of thought yeah I mean open carry I assume it was legal I didn't know if it was in the state but um like yeah I guess it's all cool but at the same time they could just assume the stance and just start picking people off too yeah I have no idea what their what their motive is well, when I heard so, when I heard about the law going into effect, I mean, my hypothesis was, well, the people that are actually going to do this are just the nuts and idiots that are that are trying to get a rise out of somebody or trying to be, get attention because they don't get it anywhere else, or just you know otherwise being a douchebag. And we've got a, relatives that are in law enforcement, and they pretty much told us the same thing after it went into effect. They said, yeah, the only people that do it are idiots, and the cops don't like it, and you know, you just know when you see somebody doing that, that there's some, they, not that they're have a complete screw loose, but there's something, there's something going on with them where they want to get in a confrontation. They want somebody to say something about it. You know, there's, there's not really like, like, uh, Dave said, there's not a, there's not a real plausible reason that I've ever heard to do it. If you, if you're really worried about your safety, you're just as, you're just as safe concealed carrying as you are having it strapped to your hip. In fact, you're probably well, safer because then you're not inviting unwanted aggression from other people yeah, that you're either attention. ticked off yeah. at you or want to try, you know, try you out and see how tough you think you are. But so I don't know if this trend has continued, but I know I read right after the open carry, just the idea itself became legal, you know, to begin with. The lot of businesses and entities immediately just posted signs that. They just didn't want guns in general with on their premises that, and on their property. So it it actually had the opposite effect because they just said, you know what, we don't want, because it didn't matter at that point whether it was concealed or open, they're just like, 
no guns whatsoever. So people that had licenses, you could go less places with your gun with open carry in place than before. Now, I don't know if that has continued because going to be honest it's not an issue that i follow real closely but i know that was the the response at the uh, from no, the you're, outset you're absolutely right that that did happen and uh i mean it was it was for the reasons you said you know it was businesses that never thought about or certainly didn't think about it enough to make a stance one way or the other because you know if people were carrying in their establishment before it was concealed and no one knew so what do they care um suddenly they were forced into making a stand one way or the other because you know people were open carrying in there and i mean in my mind rightfully so most of them were like well we don't want open carry so we'll just say you know just no guns all the way around and not have to mess with it Technically, there are, like, different signs they can post. There's one that will only outlaw open carry. But, I mean, most businesses are just going to just gonna say no or yes, just one way or the other, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's the easiest way to go. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, when the nonsense police shooting happened downtown like i think that one of the first first guys that they incorrectly identified as the shooter was just a guy that was down there doing exactly what we talked about being like hey i'm open carrying because i can and then you know next yeah. thing you know and you know he, he was his he, pictures getting tweeted all over the place because he was you know down there trying to show how cool he was open carrying and then yeah when right and it was totally wrong to identify him as a potential suspect and you know, and tweet out his picture because somebody else could have tried to take the law in their own hands and take him out thinking he was the shooter. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I personally just roll my eyes at it that you're walking down there with a assault rifle just strapped to your back, just kind of walking around like, yeah, and, you know, hey, what's and, up? And that, that mean, and I want to keep talking about guns because I've got more, but that that really just kind of touches on another thing is is that what we were talking about earlier, this whole you've got to be 100% one way or the other. Like, can't you, can't you have an, a middle opinion on that too? Like, yeah, it was a shame that they reacted, overreacted and tweeted this innocent guy's picture out, but he's also kind of a douchebag for walking downtown with an assault rifle strapped to his back. And he can't be completely shocked that that happened. You know, I mean, it's the same thing with some of these police shootings, which I'm not, I don't even want to get into that, but yeah, if you rob a store and tackle a cop, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have shot you, but you can't say you're 100% innocent either. You know, there's there's a middle ground there. Middle middle grounds don't make headlines, Tommy. We can't we can't think logically through anything. Well, well Dave, I know you've shot more than definitely shot more than I have, but here's here's the here's the main thing. So, obviously there's been some horrible things that have happened in the world in here in America with mass shootings. I mean, you know, the movie theater shooting, you had the, the nonsense in France at the concert and immediately the, 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 the gun lobby starts saying, well, man, if more people were concealed carrying at this event or at this movie theater, at this concert, then this never would have happened. And, and that drives me crazy. Okay, can I, can I jump in? Cause I, um, have, yeah, sign All sign right. the screen again because I know this is a big this is a big uh, right, well, platform for you. Here's my thing, and this is what 
frustrates me the most is after every incident like that, you have, you know, both sides saying their their set pieces and both sides arguments are so insane and so illogical that it drives me crazy. So like uh like Tommy was saying, you get the the people that are oh if you know, if people in that situation had had guns it never would have happened like you know just Joe gun owner in that situation is going to turn into Jason Bourne and just be able to neutralize you know whatever you know villains are trying to cause mayhem I bet they couldn't even identify who the threat was much less cap them you know that's what drives me nuts is forget about anything else that that's a fluid, crazy situation, and you're going to tell me they're going to figure out who the threat is. No, it's it's in a in a crowded theater, well, and, and then and then only hit them. Give me a break. It's a there's the possibility that that could happen, and I think that's what a lot of people grab onto. That if you have a gun, there's a possibility that you could do that. Somebody could walk in and, and open fire, or threaten to, or whatever, and you could just pick them off, and it's over. But I think what's more likely to happen is somebody just like fumbles with their gun or they have a direct shot like Harry at the end of Dumb and Dumber at somebody and they just shoot like all around him <laughs> and don't hit anybody. Or there's just there's just a bunch of cro- crazy, if everybody has a gun, it's just a bunch of crossfire. Right, or they do, yeah, and, shoot themselves you know, in the A leg. bunch of friendly fire. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. right. Sorry, Dave, but continue, please. Plaxico burris each right. other. Yeah, continue, Dave. No, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's... And the thing is, anyone who, like I said, because, you know, I have guns, like, you know, I went through, you know, the whole gun safety class, I went through the whole concealed carry class, learned everything, um, you know, once a month or so, or not once a month, probably every other month, you know, I'll go uh, with my dad and do, like, target shooting at a range, and anyone who's done that knows how i mean it's difficult to hit you know a target 60 feet away and hit it accurately and that's in perfect conditions where you're you know have time to take a breath and aim and everything like in in a panic situation like this i don't think any normal you know person with a gun is going to be able to do much you know if you had off-duty SEAL Team 6 guy, yeah, you know, that guy might be able to do something, but, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's not the case. The other thing that the pro-gun lobby <laughs> always throws out there for their argument that also drives me crazy is the, oh, well, you know, we need to be, we need to be armed to, to protect ourselves against the government. And, I mean... I don't know why they're thinking that, like what their ultimate vision is, but I don't care, you know, how many of you and your buddies, you know, have AR-15s and all have a compound in Johnson County. Like if the (laughs) government wants to come and take your guns or take your land or whatever, you have no shot (laughs) against the U.S. military. Like there's just no, (laughs) there's no chance. So it doesn't, 
Yeah, that's a terrible yeah, argument. Have you seen it? I've seen it a lot of places. Oh yeah, no, but I mean that's that's the that's the whole thing, you know. Obama is going to come get our guns so that they, you know, they can do all these things and it's like, yeah, I pretty sure it doesn't matter what what you've got at your house. If they decide they want you, they're going to get they're you. They're just going to send a drone if they're just busy doing other things. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the I think the third leg of that far right thing as well if if the bad guys knew everybody was armed they wouldn't commit these attacks because they're cowards and they don't want to meet resistance they want to find soft targets well i think maybe a normal bad guy like a guy that's gonna rob a 7-eleven that yeah it may make him think twice but the you know crazy I'm going to go in and try to kill a hundred people in a Miami nightclub guy. That guy is mentally insane. He doesn't think one thought about any of that. Exactly. He's just doing what he's going to do because he's nuts. And if everybody in there had a gun strapped on, he probably still walks in there and does the same thing because he's nuts, right? That doesn't No. People that do those kind of acts don't, aren't capable of rational thoughts. That's you're, that's a ridiculous. You're absolutely right. And that also that, that same, logic comes to i was going to switch to the uh the dumb arguments the you know anti-gun or gun control side make so (laughs) first my uh my biggest uh thing i don't understand about them is it's like and this is a, a completely fair point and i completely agree with it is you know, they see, you know, some kind of shooting and they're like, man, you know, this is sad. This is terrible, which it completely is. But then they don't think past that. They're like, this is sad. We have to stop it. And the answer is gun control. And they never think like what that would look like in the real world. So, I mean, first, like <laughs> we can't even stop illegal drugs like you can still, you know, with the exception of marijuana in certain states, all drugs are illegal and that's a, you know, that's a consumable product. Like once someone takes it, the user takes it, it's gone. So that's a supply that is constantly being depleted by the users, so the suppliers are constantly having to replenish it and we can't even stop that. Something that if all you did was cut the supply off, you know, all the drugs would be consumed in, you know, a week and there would be no more. We can't stop that. Man, a week. You must really know how to party, Dave. Jeez. Well, I'm just saying nationally. <laughs> but, like, if we can't stop. He's been watching, like, a, a ton of Narcos say, recently. The, so he is just full the huge tilt. pile, just full throttle, the Scarface <laughs> pile. The comedic pile of cocaine. I'm just treading in a just a giant... I'm treading in a giant pile of cocaine <laughs> right now as we as we record this. A so week just supply, apparently. That's your visual. But yeah. Okay, so you know, basically the point is, like, you take something that's not consumable, like guns, there's essentially no way you could ever, like, even if tomorrow they banned all guns, there's still so many in this country that essentially all you would do is make it slightly more difficult to get one. Like you couldn't, you couldn't right. walk into Walmart and get one, but you could still get one. Just like, you know, if you want to buy crack, you can get crack somewhere. You can't buy it at CVS, but you can get it. Right. Um, 
and they're not going away. No, and so they're not going away. You've got literally what tens of millions of guns that aren't aren't expiring. They're not. Yeah, their shelf life is infinity. Exactly. And like to your point earlier, Tommy, making it slightly more difficult isn't going to stop the crazy guy that wants to go into a movie theater and shoot people. Exactly, because those are the kind of people that are going to be able to get a gun. Exactly, those those are the people you want to stop. But, you know, it's not like, people act like it's a decision like, you know, you, you know, want to go order, you know, your fancy craft beer and they're out of it. And you're like, oh, you know, I'll just have a, a Coors Light instead. Like, if someone wants to cause mayhem and they walk into Walmart and they're not selling guns, they're not going to be like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'll go back and watch, you know, football and just go about my life. You know, that's not how it works with these people. They're so pegged out into the, you know, max, you know, whatever it is, you know, anger, mental illness, whatever it is, like a slight obstacle is not going to stop them from doing it. And finally, like... Even if you want to take it to a ridiculous proportion and you get, you know, you find the genie lamp and you rub it and the animated ghost of Dirty Dead Robin Williams pops out and (laughs) you could somehow make every gun in the U.S. disappear, put up some kind of barrier so no one can make guns, no one can smuggle guns in. Like, there's literally no possible way anyone can ever have a gun again these like that's that's still not going <laughs> to stop these things like the guy will walk in with a pipe bomb or he'll drive a car into a crowd like people that just want to cause destruction taking away one method is not going to stop the person that's that far gone i don't i don't disagree with anything you just said dave well that's i wish i could give you some hot political banter but i really can't disagree with that yeah, I mean, and with guns, the you know the cat's already the, out of the bag with a lot of this, as far as just what the supply that's out there and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean steps can't be taken, starting like now or whenever, moving forward to try to regulate what gets into into people's hands. And we're never gonna eliminate crime, or you know, there's gonna be shootings people are going to get their hands on stuff and do horrible things and if your threshold is that the only way that it's success is if it's absolutely just zero percent then there's nothing we can do to have you know to succeed in that but there's ways to make it better even if it's just a little better i mean you think about the safety through the years and decades with cars it doesn't eliminate car wrecks I, bragging montage, witnessed one today. I mean, they still happen, but the fatality rate for a car accident is significantly lower than it was in 1966 compared to today because we've made efforts to make it safer, even though there's no way we can eliminate the accident itself. I, I agree with that. I just, I guess my only take, and let me, before I say this, if, you know, someone has a you know, way that would, you know, makes sense in the real world to prevent any of this, you know, uh, I'll be the, I'll be the first one to, you know, walk to the police station or wherever and, and hand in my two guns and be part of, uh, 
part of it, but I guess my my viewpoint is there's something there's something that's causing this and I don't think that guns is the majority of the problem. If I don't I don't know, I'm not quite saying that right, but I guess my point is there's been a long time where guns were readily available to a lot of people and I feel like the mass shootings are more of a recent thing and I don't know what what's happening if it's you know mental illness or you know home life or school life bullying whatever it is like there's something's changed but I mean if you look back like when our parents were going to school like they tell stories oh you know everyone everyone had a gun in their truck you know especially if they're in rural rural areas can't say that um like something's changed but i mean access to guns isn't what's changed <laughs> i just think there's a bigger underlying problem and i'm not entirely zeroed in on what it is but i think that's that's where we start yeah that's an awful big man that is the uh that's like a prime condition Techmobile Bo Jackson trying to tackle <laughs> that problem. It's nearly impossible. I mean, where do you start? There's so many facets of it too. And that's the other thing is just society in gen- general now is very, you know, we need everything all the time right now. And whatever problem we have, if we can't fix it in five minutes or in one week, then, you know, what's the use? And this is something that would take years, if not, you know, a generation to get turned in the right direction. And then you've got a certain segment of the population that's like, well, what you're trying to do is not the right direction. It's the exact opposite. So we're just, what is it? The unstoppable force and the immovable object. I mean, that's what a lot of these issues boil down to. That's what we, that's kind of where we started, but this whole thing is, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to have a different opinion. There's going to be a huge majority of people or a huge mass of people on both sides of the issue. I mean, and that's in, in, again, that's almost why, like, I'm not even, you know, people are freaking out about this presidential race. I just feel like the, the way our whole government set up, like we can withstand whatever happens. Like we could even withstand Trump as crazy as he is because there's so many checks and balances. There's so many people on both sides of issues. It's like, nothing's ever going to, one person's not going to ever swing it really hard one way or the other. Well, and we we magnify <clears throat> the presidential elections, yet it's the all the local elections and local government that have the most effect on us, and we pay little little to no attention right. to that. And I'm it, it, com- completely guilty of that. I have no idea what's going on in local elections. You know, at the city county level, have my property taxes gone up from year to year, and why? I do a terrible job of paying attention to that. They just send me a bill and I just pay it and just move on. And that's a terrible approach, but that's just kind of, that's kind of the way I've rolled thus far. I think that's how the great majority of people, the people you don't hear from because they're not out there just full throttle one side of the other, that people that just say, well, F it and pay their bills and go about their merry way. (laughs) Yeah, because I got, I don't know. I got other hey, stuff man, there's, to do. There's, there's European like, soccer games to watch, okay? You don't have time to worry about that. Yeah, there's Champions League. I got to stream something. I got at least 
nine DraftKings lineups to get in before six o'clock gets here. I mean, I can't be bothered with your petty city council fodder. Well, we've we've gone all over the road, but there's one more thing. I know we're kind of getting tight on time, but there's one more thing I definitely want to talk about just real quick is just the hypothetical of if you were to run for president, is there a grab her by the P tape of you somewhere? Or is there is there that moment? Is there that thing that if you found out that there was a recording or a uh, your email was hacked or is there that thing in your past where you'd be like, wow, I would be so screwed if I tried to run for president? Boy, I, I'm Dave, trying you to go think. first? And I mean, to be completely honest, I'm I'm sure there is, or if there isn't, it's solely based on the fact that my high school and most of my college days were pre everyone having a video camera on their phone. And that's like that's probably all that's that probably saved a me. real good thing. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> This latest generation, like, and I think uh, the Musers touched on this at some point. They were saying how, like, you know, these videos, like the the Trump video, like, either 30 years from now when this, you know, the people that are in high school now are running for president, either no one will care about these videos because everyone has, you know, this uh, digital skeleton in their closet or, like, you know, some chess club president or chess club guy from high school is going to win by default because he's the only one that doesn't have some horrible video from when he was 18. What about you, Glenn? Yeah, I would say, I mean, if If your email was, if your email was hacked by WikiLeaks and everyone was posted tomorrow, would you be going to work or would you just be kind of casually jumping in the (laughs) pickup truck and uh, headed for the border? Was there the something to think about email? I'd be updating. No, no something to think about email. But yeah, I I mean, it's not like I can recall if you're talking emails and text messages, everything I've ever, ever messaged to somebody. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all have probably said in whatever platform, even if it was just a one person that it's just a private conversation, you've probably said something that could be, somebody's going to take offense to, you know, nothing just extreme. I don't, you know, you're not going to find any Nazi leanings (laughs) or anything like that, but I mean, you're going to, I don't know. It probably, you wouldn't, I don't think anybody would want that. If, If any, if you went to anybody and said, Hey, tomorrow, hypothetical, Every email, text message, etc., you've ever communicated with somebody is going to be available for everybody to see. And if you do that, I'll give you whatever. I'll give you $250,000. Some people would probably take that because maybe they have nothing to lose. But would you also get an 18-wheeler truck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, now you you make it where it's impossible to turn down. But I think a lot of people would would not take that no, because are you kidding me I, mean, I don't you, think you have conversations I think most people wouldn't take that yeah no i don't think hardly anybody would i mean you have conversations that are that the word private exists for right. a reason and then the most obvious thing is i know the reason that immediately rules me out is i know that there is documented 
and saved video footage from the Baltimore <laughs> Casino from September of this year that would probably rule me out the most. That will be released at a time of my choosing. Yeah, the most minor being me like getting in the the <laughs> the faces of Notre Dame fans and demonstra- demonstratively you know, giving the incomplete pass sign at like every failed fighting Irish play. And that's just the that's the minor harmless stuff. I'm I, I I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna beat around the bush for mine. I would say there's no way. I w I wouldn't take the hypothetical and I would be I would be effed if I ran for president. Why this is a larger question why in the world would anyone ever run for president? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, there's no way it's seems worth like, it. Seems like way too much hassle. You're just going to get, you know, the whole primary and leading up to the election. You're just going to con- be under constant scrutiny. And Careful. Huh? I said, careful with your consonants <laughs> there, jeez. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, gonna have we we'll just release this tape on you, and then yeah, and then then you're gonna have you know four or eight years of half the country telling you you're the worst president ever. It just seems it seems like the worst existence in the world. Well, I'm never gonna run for president. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it right here. I may be voting for you this year. I'm I'm eligible technically, so that top line, if you wanna. Want to put Glenn three eleven on there? Then feel free and send me a screenshot. I'll treasure Since it forever. Since it was uh, going to be left blank anyways, why not? Hey, everybody, do it. Hey, if we get all of our listeners to do it, that'll be like at least uh, nine plus or mi- plus or minus seven. Yeah, and you might number. have lost a few votes after your outburst at uh, the barbecue joint at Hutchins. So those we may only have like six listeners well, left after that. Yeah, after your attack on the. I can't. I can't. I have a lot of things I want to say, but none of them that I should. Now that you've, hey, you know, you guys know. I mean, I think I've told you guys this, but I, I had a lot of my emails subpoenaed as part of a trial, and this was all stuff that was work related, and it freaked me out so bad. And and this was very specific about one issue, and and you know there would be no reason for there to be anything in there other than work related material, but it's still just such an unnerving feeling. And you lay awake at night in bed, going like, "Man, did I did I say any? Was I making it? Did I make any inappropriate jokes? Did I did I say something you know off the cuff that could be taken wrong? I mean, it's the most unnerving thing ever. There's yeah, it'd have to be a really nice eighteen wheeler for me to even consider taking the hypothetical. Yeah, I'm out. There's no way, <laughs> no way I would. Not even if it helped Harry Bosco. All right. Well, we're we're kind of winding down here was there anything else that we wanted to touch on tonight or should we should we save the rest of this for episode 22 we fired off pretty much everything we've got i've got a tale for episode 22 about uh a close call my phone had with the toilet that i think you guys will find amusing but after uh after political talk i just don't have the heart uh anymore i think i'm gonna go out and drive down to uh the crazy gun dealer tonight and just go ahead and arm up why not? We should all do that. It's what Thomas Jefferson would have wanted. Because remember, you have to be ready to uh, 
you and your two or three guns against the U.S. military. And so you got to be ready. All right. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time for episode 22 when we detail our plan to uh, combat the most powerful fighting force on the planet. It's raining.